0: Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Chris, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Chris Casella. I'm going to read his bio. Chris and Grant have been drafting business ideas since they first roomed together their freshman year of college at the University of Cincinnati. Following college, Chris worked in finance for General Electric, while Grant worked at a family startup. Chris left his job in 2021 with no backup plan, but a certainty that the t- traditional corporate path was not going to fulfill him. Meanwhile, Grant continued working at the family startup. While completing David Goggin's 4x4x48 by by challenge in 2019, Grant received his first opportunity to do a private loan on a residential fix and flip. The loan was for $250,000. In Deerfield Township, Ohio, and proved the success for all parties involved. Grant continued to finance more deals with a mix of private and instru- institutional capital. In 2022, Chris joined the firm as principal underwriter to handle the increased lead flow and implement key operational initiatives while Grant worked on increasingly on the backup operations to serve a growing portfolio. Chris, I'm excited that you're here. Welcome to the show. Um, I just read your bio and it mentioned Grant as well as you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You have a partner, a business partner. Tell us who that is and tell us who you are in your own words.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the introduction and I'm I'm grateful to be here. So thanks for having me, Jerome. So Grant and I, to your point, we are business partners. Grant started the company rather informally in 2019 when somebody approached him. He had a relationship with somebody from college and, uh, he reached out. He'd become an agent. And so he reached out to Grant and said, hey, I know this guy who does you know, a pretty large volume of fix and flips. He's looking for some additional capital to scale his business. So Grant sat down, had a conversation with them and judged that the character of the people involved were great, even though he didn't know a whole lot about <laughs> private lending, obviously, because he had never done it before. And so he moved forward and just decided to kind of learn as he went along, which I know is, is a, a relevant topic for a lot of real estate investors who just kind of dive in Make mistakes learn as they go but try to limit their downside as much as possible by working with great people and making great relationships and so as the bio said i was working at general electric at the time and knew that i didn't want to work a nine to five for the rest of my life so i saved up some money i lived very frugally and once i felt comfortable enough to you know take the leap i decided to leave with without any real idea of what I was going to do. But obviously, Grant, and maybe it's not so obvious, but Grant and I were in constant communication talking about his side of the business and what was going on on his end. And we always knew that we were going to end up working together in some capacity. And the stars kind of aligned when his lending business started to grow. And we wanted to, you know, we saw an opportunity to scale it and also to provide, you know, that service for real estate investors and help them scale their portfolios as well.
0: Thank you for sharing that, Chris. So before I got in real estate, um, I'm like licensed now. So I I have a mixture. The audience is a mixture of real estate investors, real estate agents. Then we got some people that like went into course creation. So I learned about like what we call hard money like early on, and I realized that a lot of us, a lot of people, still don't understand hard money. So the the question I pose to you is: I want you to tell me what hard money is what that means the concepts like is it like hard money physical money like where's that term with those concepts come from
1: yeah so the term hard money comes from the fact that the collateral that you're using for the loan is a hard asset right it's a property so that's where the term hard money comes from hard money is typically a shorter term loan 12 months or less and the benefits that i always like to highlight are the speed the convenience and the flexibility Now, hard money has kind of gotten it comes with somewhat of a negative connotation because there are some bad players in the industry, especially when you think about the larger institutional lenders, you know, when they work with investors, some of them are great, but some of them treat the investors as more of a number on a spreadsheet than an actual human being who's trying to build a real estate portfolio to support their lifestyle and their family. And so when we were thinking about coming into the business, we were trying to approach it from the sense that we were a hybrid between a private money lender and a hard money lender. You know, we always think about a private money lender as more of an individual and a hard money lender as more of a business, although they're trying to do away with the term hard money altogether nowadays. And using that marriage between a private money and a hard money lender, we were trying to be as much of a, a you know, add the personal touch and build the relationships and work one-on-one with investors to help them reach their goals while also building systems and running the operation very efficiently. So the speed and convenience and flexibility piece is... The, you know, those are the biggest benefits of hard money. While it might be more expensive, you're going to have other opportunities to use hard monies that you wouldn't necessarily get from a conventional lender.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Uh, one of the things that I admire and I appreciate about you is that uh, you show up like we do, I guess as investors, right? We do a ne- lot of networking, the agents too, but you show up and the hard money concept, it sounds like very institutional But to be able to talk to an actual person makes things a little bit better. So I attest to what you're saying about like being in between, like not completely institutional, but also not just like a, you know, just a person lending money somewhere. You're like right in the middle. And it's like, oh, I can talk to Chris. I see him consistently. He understands investing. He understands this market and networking. He understands it versus just institutional number, which will, right? I I completely understand it. Like, yes, we should treat you. They might treat you like a number on a spreadsheet because they just have to look at the numbers. They're too big to give you that customized and individual attention that you would need as a real estate investor. So- I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when we really boil it down, you know, our motto is lend local, invest local. And so to your point, we really do try to learn the markets as best as possible. We know Ohio very, very well. And we know Northern Kentucky, which is really where we invest. But even let's say since we're based in Cincinnati, Ohio, even when we don't necessarily know a market perfectly, like in Cleveland, you know, it's four hours away. We didn't grow up there. We haven't spent a ton of time there. What we've done is we've established relationships with agents that have great reviews who we have heard referrals from, and we develop relationships with them. And so then they work to learn the markets, you know, send information back to us. We have boots on the ground up there. And a lot of times they actually work directly with the, the clients that we have, right? We lend money to people. And when they are looking for mo- more boots on the ground and relationships up there, we have the ability to connect them. And so I think that's been a really valuable piece on our end is just the relationships. And a lot of that comes from, Jerome, to your point, showing up and and having conversations with people and trying to add as much
0: value as possible. Yeah, I I appreciate that. Um, I have a question. So the question is, tell us like a common myth about uh, the industry right so your industry i mean like maybe, you know lending or hard money like tell us a common myth in the green one we were talking about like somebody that had a deal and she let it like go for a year because she, she didn't want to pay all these fees that's what i'm thinking about but i want to hear like some of uh, um, i want to hear common myths about like hard money and how you handle them like why why they're myths
1: yeah i'd say there's a couple i think the first one is kind of like we talked about that hard money is this big, unattainable kind of monstrosity, right? You think about hard money and it sounds like the last thing that you would want to get involved with because of the reputation that has developed over time. And I think Grant and I kind of had that misconception as well before we really started to learn about the industry and understand exactly what it was. And so we kind of touched on that. But I think the, you know, the resolution here and what I want to get across to investors is that it really is a great option to scale your portfolio because of the fact that, you know, on our end, we can close in five to seven days. So there's the speed piece. The convenience is that we have the system set up. You know exactly what you're going to get every single time, up to 65% of the ARV, up to 80% of purchase price, 100% of rehab. And there's no red tape like a bank. You know, we you know exactly what you're going to get. You talk directly to us when you have a deal. And then the flexibility. Similarly, you know, no red tape like a bank. And a lot of real estate deals, I'd say most real estate deals, You have to get creative in terms of how it works and so one of the things that we offer that not every lender offers but as a hard money lender we can is the ability to wrap cross collateral into the deal in place of a down payment so you actually have to come out of pocket with a lot less cash than you normally would and we can talk about details uh if you'd like jerome but that's one misconception i would love to yeah and and so yeah so i guess we'll just we'll jump into that really quickly so the cross collateral piece is If you as an investor own another piece of real estate, investment real estate, free and clear, meaning there's no other mortgages or liens on the property, then what we can do is we can write a loan against that property up to 65% of the value of it. And let's say, for example, it's a $100,000 property that you own free and clear, that's the as is value. We can wrap 65% of that equity into the deal that you're looking to to get a loan for us from. So for example, $65,000, you're looking to purchase a different property and it's $200,000. So where you would normally have to come up with a 20% down payment for this new property, you can tap into the equity of this existing property that you own and decrease or eliminate that down payment altogether. And so that's, a, that's an option. One of the first deals that we actually did was an investor who used cross collateral. And at closing, because of a lot of different details so not every deal looks the same but at closing he actually ended up coming out of pocket only $214 at wow. closing to purchase a $130,000 property. And so, you know, not again, not every deal looks the same, but that's the power of being able to use the flexibility of hard money and and wrap in cross collateral.
0: Thank you. Could you talk about uh when I when I first got involved in the industry, I had this mentor and he kept saying just use hard money. Like use hard money, use hard money. I was like I want to listen to this guy. I'm not going to deviate. And uh, most people are like, oh, they got fees, this fees, that. And I'm like, yeah, but you can get the deals done. And in the green room is what some people call it. We talked about that a little bit. It's like leveraging and moving fast. Like a lot of this business, like speed, like move fast. Like, um, could you talk about some of the benefits and how people can move faster by leveraging hard money? Because it's like to me, I think it's just like you tap into another capital resource. Right.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there's a couple of different ways that you can use hard money. I mean, the most common way that people use it, I'd say, is for fix and flips because you can get the cash. You can use that cash to purchase a property and to use it for the rehab. But what you can also do is you can use it for a fix to rent. So, for example, if you want to purchase a property and you want to fix it up a little bit and then you want to rent it out and use the birth strategy that's so common in real estate nowadays, you can use hard money for that. And that just helps you scale your business and grow really quickly. And so that's what we've been doing a lot of recently as you know, the market's changed a little bit and prices have been a little bit uh, higher than people would like. So you can really scale quickly that way because obviously instead of coming up with 100% of the purchase price or waiting 30 to 45 days for a conventional lender to close on a property, you can basically make a cash offer to uh, property owners that are off market, You know, their properties are off market, you can close in five to seven days, and then you can rinse and repeat because you get a DSCR loan to refinance out of our hard money, you pay us back, and then all of a sudden you have another deal that you wanna do as well. Now, that's the easiest way to do it, but you can also do, assuming there's a good relationship with you and your lender, you can also do multiple properties at once, right? So whereas you might have had to make a cash offer and pay 100% of the purchase price, if you were to do that not using hard money and doing it on your own, you can say, Make a cash offer. Only put twenty percent of your own capital into the deal, plus interest and some other fees, and then use that use your cash to do a different deal and utilize hard money. And so, whereas you might have been able to do one property at a time on your own, you could do three or four on your own or with a hard money lender partner.
0: Thank you. Um, we may have already talked about this, but I just I want to go deeper on the opportunities that people are missing when they're like, oh, no, that's scary. I don't want to do hard money. I can't do that. It's is the fees are so high. And just to like maybe not go into too much detail, but I'm thinking about this woman and she had this property. It's a year later and she still hasn't moved the property because she was like hesitant about any fees involved. And the way I think about it is like, OK, I'm like, you're losing money. Like maybe you're not putting money out of your pocket. Are you losing, I have a mentor, he calls it like phantom losses. You're like, you're losing all of the potential income. You lost income for a whole year because you waited around, you were scared to do that, that hard money loan. So could you talk about that and talk about like how people, how, why it's not wise to try to wait around so much, so much because of these fees? For sure.
1: Yeah. And we were talking about that. And I think, you know, another thing we kind of touched on is when you think about, opportunity i think what you're really hitting on is opportunity costs right you're holding the property for a year you might not be paying money on it but you certainly are losing out on all the potential opportunity that you could have had Were you know if you were to use hard money to you know uh to move that deal forward so i think the biggest thing here is understanding right people talk about hard money and they talk about the fees involved, but they don't necessarily know exactly what they are. And so I think when we just leave it up to our imagination, it becomes a lot more scary than it actually is. But if you were to sit down and you were to have all the fees written out, which is something that we do on our website, we do for every deal that we quote for our clients once they have the understanding and they're like, Oh, this is, this is all it's going to cost. Then they can, you know, break down that wall and decide to move forward. But to your point, Jerome, I would rather have 50% of something than 100% of nothing. And now when you use hard money, you're going to get a lot more than 50% of your deal. But I'm just saying that because a lot of people, you know, what we were talking about earlier was people are afraid to give up equity and do a JV with somebody, right? A more experienced investor because they don't want to give up equity. They're so afraid of losing their piece of the pie. But wouldn't you rather do 100 deals over time and, you know, get 50 or 75% of the equity in it rather than doing one deal or five deals and getting a hundred percent. I think it's that same principle and that same idea of partnership applied to hard money. The only difference is you're going to actually get a lot more than 50 or 75% of the equity in the deal. You're going to get all the equity. You're just going to pay some fees up front.
0: Thank you. Can you, so you mentioned your website, can you tell us the website to visit and like learn more?
1: Yeah. So it's sharpercapitalpartners.com. partners is plural and Grant and I are both on a mission to demystify hard money and to make it really easy to understand for people because we do see, obviously, all the value in it and we've seen how much it can help people grow their businesses and achieve their investment goals. And so we write blog posts on there. We do have um, you know, some YouTube videos out there and we're just on a mission to to help educate people on hard money. And Jerome, I really appreciate you having having me on here because I think this is a great opportunity to do that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. I, um I'm just trying to like educate all of us, right? Like in the industry, when I first started, there was just like this beef from agents and investors. And I'm just trying to like, put a, put it all together because we all need each other in this real estate community. So yeah, For I sure. appreciate you uh jumping on my jumping on our podcast. With that, um, I want to ask you, like, what do you what are some of the biggest challenges that people face when it comes to like getting their properties to the finish line or maybe even funding their properties? And how do you help resolve them?
1: Yeah, I'd say the biggest hurdle that people face when they come and they are seeking hard money, you know, another myth that I was gonna touch on before I started talking about cross-collateral is that sometimes people think that they can use hard money in place of using their own money. And That's not necessarily the case because of the fact that there is a 20% down requirement, right? And the last thing we would ever want to do is write a loan for somebody and put them in a bad position because they don't have the cash available to be able to make the interest payments, you know, to be able to actually do the rehab on the property, et cetera. So it is always a, it's always, we always encourage people to have a decent amount of cash saved up. And to come to hard money and to be able to, to pay for the down payment and interest. Now, one thing that you can do in addition to the cross-collateral option is you can use a cash partner. And that goes back to Jerome, what we were talking about. You might have to give up a little bit of equity in a deal, but you can make it happen for sure. But I do think that's one of the hurdles that people have is they are seeking a 0% down payment and you know 100% of the rehab costs as well. And they don't really they don't consider that there's going to be some other costs involved to be able to make it happen. Other than that, I think you know, it, it's a relatively straightforward process. Once you have the deal and the numbers work, you have the down payment or the cross-collateral, then we really take it into our hands to make sure that all the different steps that are needed are taken. Uh, we have a legal team that takes care of a lot of the communication with the title company and makes that process pretty straightforward. And uh,
0: yeah, normally it's, it's relatively... It's relatively smooth. Thank you. So I'm going to pose this question. What's one lesson hard money taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life, like being in that industry?
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking about it. I'd say one of the biggest lessons is that there are opportunities, especially in real estate, to help you scale your business and to reach your goals that you might not have ever known about, you can read all the books in the world, you know, especially like the books from Bigger Pockets, which I think are great. But until you really sit down and you have a conversation with the people in the real estate industry to understand what kind of value they can add to you, it's really hard to to fully understand it just from hearing stories and listening to other people talk about it. You know, maybe on the Bigger Pockets podcast or even on this podcast. You know, I can talk about it all day, but until you come. And have a conversation with somebody like a hard money lender and see exactly how they can fit your needs and actually help you scale your business and and reach your goals then it's just really hard to understand it so hard money i think i came into it before this business and didn't fully understand exactly what it was didn't understand the benefits now that i'm so entrenched in the business i see all the ways that it can help people and i see the ways that we help people and the relationships that we develop and and uh, helping people reach their goals and uh I wish I had known about it sooner. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah. Do, do you have a favorite case study, a favorite customer, favorite client, anything like that you can tell us about?
1: So I might've already gotten ahead of myself because I think that example that I gave is one of my favorites earlier where our client wrapped cross collateral onto the deal and came to closing okay. $14. And he has started scaling his business, you know, pretty quickly, but also very comfortably. He has a solid foundation and, and has a lot going for him right now. But When that happened and we looked at the HUD statement and we saw $214, we were immediately on the phone with each other, you know, myself and the client talking about it. And it was just, uh, it was a really cool experience. And it was cool to see the power of hard money, but also of just being creative and making a deal happen.
0: Thank you. So I want to pose some of these questions. I want to hear a little bit about how you work as an individual and um, what you do in this industry to stay productive, right? So. What's your favorite productivity hack for real estate entrepreneurs? What would you give them? And somebody's Chris, I need more time or I need more like anything around productivity. What would you give them? What would you tell them?
1: Yeah, I genuinely, as you can probably tell, because of how much I talk about it, I am big on relationships. And I think there is no better tool than relationships. If you want to leverage other people's experience, other people's expertise, other people's knowledge. That is the best productivity hack that I have found. You know, let's say we don't have the answer to a question that a client asks us. Well, we could look it up on Google. A lot of times we do if it's a relatively straightforward question, but a lot of times it's a little bit more complex and it's more circumstantial. So we have to pick up the phone and we call somebody who is either a little bit more experienced or who's specialized. Maybe it's an attorney, maybe it's a real estate agent who's been through a similar experience as, you know, what the client is asking about. There's just no better way to hack your productivity than to have the relationships in place to be able to lean on.
0: Thank you. Uh, next, these are personal questions. And I'm trying to tie it into what it is that you do specifically. So the first question is, what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? But I want to reframe it and I want to hear about your uh, your least favorite loan and what you learned about that, like your least favorite real estate deal, what you learned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think from my perspective, you know, this is something that all entrepreneurs, everybody in their own capacity, you know, faces in one way or another. But when you're first starting out, you don't know everything. And not only that, but you also don't know everything that you don't know, which is really tough. And so I'd say, I don't know that I necessarily have a least favorite loan, but I can think about it from my perspective and think in the very early stages of this business, when I didn't fully know every little detail. And I would give somebody an answer that wasn't a full answer rather than just going and saying, hey, listen, I don't know that the exact answer to that question, but let me find it for you. Right. I was a little bit insecure because I didn't have the full competence. I didn't have the experience to back up, you know, uh, the, the confidence that I was looking for in the business. And so from that perspective, I just wanted to service my clients a lot better. Than i did in the very beginning but i think everybody faces that right new real estate agents don't have all the answers to questions so they can't service their clients as well as they'd like they have to lean on other people and so that was my uh that was my experience was just in the very early stages not having the answers to questions
0: thank you what's an insult that you received that you're proud of quote with insults yeah yeah i don't know that it would ha- there's anything in,
1: in real estate necessarily that that I can think can of, alive. I haven't yeah. gotten a lot of insults, at least not to my face, but, <laughs> <laughs> but back in the day, I certainly was told that I asked too many questions. And I think people looked at it like I asked too many questions because I wasn't smart enough to know the answer. And I think I actually kind of believed them at the time. But as I've gotten older, and as I've really started to understand who I am and, and kind of, you know, come to my own, I realized that I'm just very curious and that curiosity actually helps me understand things at a deeper level. And so there's, there's this ability to be comfortable being the dumbest, and I say that in quotes person in the room or at least seem like the dumbest because you ask so many questions, that's actually a superpower because then you end up learning and understanding things a lot better than the people who sit back and don't ask the questions out loud, but ask them in their head.
0: I agree with that and um... We met on the Have and What call for Corey. And recently there was a accountability chat that started from that group. And some of the people who were on there. They were like new and they were like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I'm always on the call and I just don't know. And I was like, you just ask questions. People are willing to help you, especially environments like that. You just got to show up. But you'll never get the answer if you never ask the question. So I appreciate that so much. They're like, Jerome, you're so smart. I'm like, I'm not smart. I ask questions and i do what the smart people tell me to do and that's like the heck that's it
1: for sure yeah and I think something that's so important is surrounding yourself with people who don't make you feel dumb or insecure when you ask questions right it's people who want to actually pour into you and and help you along the way so it's really important to surround yourself with the right people which i think we found in that have and once call i think it's a perfect opportunity for real estate investors to go and to
0: learn and to ask questions absolutely If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would that be? It would certainly
1: be focus on yourself. And I don't just mean focus on yourself and don't worry about what other people are doing. I do think that's very important you know, because when you focus on what other people are doing, you end up comparing yourself and so on. But I also mean what are you doing to move the needle in your own life? You know you can sit back and look at other people's journeys and there's certainly a lot to to take away from those but what are you doing in your own life to learn are you actually taking action you're out there doing it failing making mistakes learning from those mistakes and getting better um or the alternative is to just like i said sit back and and kind of watch from a distance but i think if i could go back and tell my 18 year old self to do one thing it would be focus on moving the needle for yourself and when you do that, you also gain the experience to be able to help others and and move the needle for them as well. So I'd say, yeah, I used to look at that and think, Oh, that's so selfish. But now the more that I learn for myself and the more that I actually get things in line in my own life and my own business, the more I'm able to help other people too. And so I think it's a it's a win
0: win. Absolutely. There is a quote. They say you can't pour from an empty cup. It's a little corny, but it's very true. The better you become yourself, the more you can give other people. So uh, I agree with that 100 percent. Next. Uh, So we're in real estate. I have what's called the closing table. And the closing table is like, you know, it means we're wrapping up. We're getting close to the end. And I like to ask some questions. These questions are a little bit selfish. Right. But they also serve the audience. Right. So first question is, um, How can someone add value to immediate value to you or your business? Right. So,
1: yeah, I appreciate that. The best way to add value, I think, is just, you know, there's two things. One, by reaching out, having a conversation and talking to us about how hard money can either benefit yourself or somebody that, you know, and really just building relationships. Even if we never do business together, you know, Grant and I would both, I think, answer this in a similar way. The, re- the relationships are the most valuable piece. And we talk to a lot of people on a daily basis who we probably will never actually write a loan for, but who we really enjoy learning from and we get a lot of value from. And the other way is, is to send anybody who you know uh, our way. If they, if they are looking for hard money or a way to scale their real estate business, then send them our way and I would love to see how we can we can work with them or at least point them in the right direction. And we also do have a referral bonus. So not, not only you know, would it help us out, but if you do send us, uh, you know, if you send somebody our way, we end up doing business with them, then we can certainly get you a, a $500 referral bonus as well. So um, we've seen that happen. And it's as simple as sending an email and somebody gets you know, fi- a $500 referral bonus. So pretty easy way to, to make some, some additional money.
0: Yeah. You know, like one of the things I I was so glad I had mentors when I got in this business. One of the things I learned from my mentor, he was like, just leverage hard money and like you get proof of funds. You can get so much that you can't get by just like going out there and doing it yourself. And it was it was such a it was such an amazing like thing to have like people on my side. Right. Even if I might have not closed that deal. I had, I could right. always be like, I have funding sources. I'll send you proof of funds. I'll have you talk to my lending partner. Like just to be able to leverage that was like powerful. Like it's much better to have that than just be by yourself. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, especially if you pick the right hard money lender, you know, for us, we sit down and we underwrite deals with our clients. And at first, sometimes there's some pushback because, you know a lot of times our arv might be a little bit lower than what they come up with you know the after repair value and that's what we lend it that's what you know the guidelines for our lending is we'll lend up to 65 percent of the after repair value of the property but the value in that is you have two sets of eyes on your deal not just your own but also a lender's and we look at you know at least dozens of these on a daily basis and so we have that experience to be able to back it up so you know that if we approve a deal and we approve a loan with you that deal. the deal that you're getting into is probably a good one, right? Yes. You know that you know exactly what we think. We get a third party opinion on all of our uh deals, which means that we also have somebody else with even more experience, you know, normally go out and look at the property and give their opinion as well. So you're getting your own opinion, you're getting our opinion and the opinion of a third party uh, you know, inspection or appraiser who can confirm what we already know, right? Which is just really powerful. So to your point, Jerome, I think, in addition to the whole lending piece and having capital at your disposal, you're also getting a lot more than that if you pick the right harmony lender. You're also getting a service and a partner.
0: Thank you. Uh, What what are three books you recommend to the audience and why? It's my favorite, it's one of my favorite parts here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, okay, so
1: the first one, a lot of people in real estate are entrepreneurs, right? And my favorite biography or autobiography of all time is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. It okay. is just a great story of perseverance and determination and the will to win. And I think all of us in real estate could certainly use that. All of us in entrepreneurship or real estate, in in any way, could use that. The second one is honestly, this is kind of cheating, but any book from Bigger Pockets is great, or, or you know, is going to be great, just because they're you know they're the platform that made real estate investing so big. I think, and their books are you know they range in their complexity from books for total beginners to books uh, for people who are pretty experienced and a little bit more advanced. And I think they're they're really valuable. The third one is probably the One Thing by Gary Keller. That's probably my third one. And the reason for that is because it's very easy to get overwhelmed when you're on your own journey, especially when you're starting your own business. But he breaks this idea down and says, you know, there's one thing that you should be focusing on, you know, at least at a certain point in your day and giving all of your attention to it. And that was a really powerful lesson for me when I was, especially after I quit my job and I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. Once I read that book, I was kind of like, okay, take a step back. Think about the Pareto principle, right? 80% of your outputs are determined by 20% of your inputs. Okay, well, what are those 20% of inputs and how can I just go all in on those? And I've seen a lot of growth, both both personally and professionally, after applying that lesson.
0: Thank you for sharing that. The, so, you have a podcast, right? Yes. Could you tell us about the podcast a little bit, how we can get access and learn more about what's going on over there
1: yeah absolutely so we started out the podcast and it's called the hard money podcast our our goal with the hard money podcast was similar to what I touched on earlier was to educate people on all things hard money now there are already some podcasts out there that do a really good job of that and one that I'll plug is called the private lenders podcast their target is a little bit more to private lenders themselves but they also have a ton of information for real estate investors regarding how they can get a hard money loan, what exactly goes into the process, et cetera. And I think Grant and I, you know, we sat down a little while ago and said, how can we add the most value to the community? And so we're thinking about actually going through kind of a, a branding change and calling it the Capitalized Podcast and talking to professionals all throughout Ohio, all throughout Kentucky, you know, Eastern Indiana and so on and so forth and leveraging their experiences and helping and having them teach the lessons, you know, similar to what you're doing, Jerome, what we would like to do is kind of have a hard money spin on it, you know, still talk about how hard money can help people scale their business, etc. But uh, we're trying to go a little bit broader than just hard money. So at the time of recording, it's called the hard money podcast at the time of you know, someone listening, it might be called the Capitalized Podcast, but it should
0: Capitalized just- Capitalized Podcast. We'll have both of those in the show notes. I appreciate <laughs> that. And I understand the pivots that you have to make. I understand completely, yeah. 100%. So, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um So kind of the, you told us about the podcast. Now tell us again, how we can find out more about you online, like Capital Part Sharp Capital Partners, what's the website? Yeah, I- yeah, the best way is
1: going to be our website because we do have contact info for both Grant and myself on there. Um, you can also reach out to me directly. I love to have these conversations and and, and talk to people, like I said. So Casella at sharpercapitalpartners.com and phone number is 513-334-7501. But if, you, if nowhere else, the best place to start is certainly sharpercapitalpartners.com.
0: Thank you for that. So I had, um, I don't know, you might know her or not. You might know her because she, um, uh, she speaks at Corey. Dewan, she has a podcast and she talks about, uh, Dewan's like did a lot of short sales. She talks about, um, giving people, cause sometimes guests will like go on and on and on. And she's like, i give them one word to close out the podcast. I say, you could get one word and that's it. So I posed you the same thing. Like what's one word that you can leave us with to close out the podcast.
1: Yeah. So people listening might be able to guess, you might be able to guess too, based on what I've talked about, but I'd say relationships.
0: Relationships. Okay. So I usually say, go tell me more, right? I take her thing. And then I say, tell me more, more about why you pick relationships.
1: I think, you know, there's, there's a handful of reasons. So let me try to boil this down really simply. I think you can only be successful in business if you're also you know successful in life right and that means knowing yourself very well having good relationships with the people around you and there's a study and there was a study done uh, by harvard it's the longest study on happiness that's ever been done and they came to a lot of different conclusions but one of my main takeaways was that the quality of your relationships equals the quality of your life And so, I think when you start with that foundation of building great relationships with people around you, asking them how you can provide value to them and giving without anything, you know, without any expectation of receiving, I think you're just going to go a lot further in life. And what I've seen is that after I started that journey of building great relationships in my own personal life, it poured over into business as well. And then in business, once I started focusing on relationships, it started to help us grow, you know, as professionals. And as, you know, as individuals, I just think there's a lot of power in relationships. And at the end of the day, if all this were to go away, if business were to go away, hard money was to go away, real estate was to go away, then if the only thing you were left with was great relationships with people around you, I think that'd still be a win.
0: Absolutely. 100%. I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, we talk marketing, but what's underneath that? The core of everything is people, relationships. So 100%. All right, Chris, this has been awesome. I appreciate you so much. I'm going to end it. We're going to stay around five minutes. I'm going to catch up with you and then, you know. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate All it, Jerome. Thanks so absolutely. much. Absolutely.